Part sixteen of Alador by Henry Newbolt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapters forty six to forty eight. Chapter forty six How Ewan was counselled of the Prince of Palador. Then Ewan came to the height of the steep, and there before the gate he stood in doubt, for he knew not whither he should go. And in his doubt his feet drew him unwittingly and he looked up suddenly and saw the great guard and the courtyard which was before it and the courtyard was as it had been aforetime with halberdiers before the door and men a horseback in their armour and the rhymer's hall and the minstrels and all his dealings therein seemed but an old vision of a show which had passed into memory notwithstanding he doubted even of his misery for he said within himself surely this also is a dream and there beyond the garden close is my lady waiting until i come to her then he went towards the door and one came thereout to meet him and ewan perceived that it was sir reynold and he would have passed by with such courtesy as might suffice but sir reynold stayed him and took him by the hand and he said to ewan how that it was even he whom he sought and none other for the prince would speak with him of certain matters and of these matters he said i will tell you this much by way of friendship and namely that the prince which is your master and liege takes it ill that he is so deceived in you for you gave him assurance that you would dwell in palador and do after the customs of the city but now you deal otherwise and are gone continually from hence and none knows whither then ewan was perplexed and knew not what he should answer for he remembered how that it was forbidden in that city to speak the name of Alador. Also he remembered the saying of the hermit, that he must return to Palador and find his life among men, and so come to the land of his desire. And Sir Reynold kept watch upon him slyly out of the side of his eye, and he saw his perplexity, and in part he knew the reason of it. And he said to Ewan, Go now, and follow the counsel of a friend, and say what you will unto the prince, save only that you say not anything which is outrageous against our custom for even to utter such a word before a prince is ungentle seeing that he is not bred to hear villainy and hath no skill to answer thereto so ewan went from him and came presently before the prince and the prince was counting his money for he was a careful man and every month he counted his money from one great chest into another and at the first he looked upon ewan and gave him no greeting but afterwards when he had made an end of his counting then he spoke to him and he said as sir reynold had reported him how that he was deceived in ewan for he had looked to have him dwelling continually in palador to fight and to do adventures and not to go wandering otherwhere then ewan answered him courteously and said sir i have done with my wandering and except it be in palador I have no place of dwelling as in this world and when he had said that the prince looked shrewdly upon him as one that would pierce a covered thing and he asked of ewan whither then go you and whence came you now for you have been seven days in hiding since that you were seen within the city and ewan answered sir it is hard to tell for i have been in no place of the world but in a land of dreams ha said the prince i knew it well it is a common case and an evil and i will deal patiently with you in this matter seeing that you are an outlander born 
and not yet perfect in the custom of our city know then that in palador a dream is a thing of naught and a byword of folly for we are lovers of truth and in dreams there is no truth at all and we approve all such things as have substance and gold the chief and sign of all and thereby is the repute of them which are great among us for to do and to have is the virtue of men but they which dream do nothing and gain no pennyworth and ewan could well hear that which was said for it was clearly spoken but in the same moment he heard also his lady's voice and remembered him of her sweet fellowship and his heart grew hot and his eyes were lightened and the prince faded suddenly from before him and the gold was turned to sunshine within the chest and ewan turned him about toward the doorway and he saw there enya in the beauty of morning and she smiled and said to him beloved why went you from me for i dreamed evilly of bells at midnight and i awoke and found you not chapter forty seven how ewan and enya had sight of hubert and returned together into palador now was ewan again in alador and accompanied with his love and for a while he forgot the prince and all his counsel and went among diverse delights as a honey-bee goes among a wilderness of flowers and it befell on a night that he sat with enya beside a fountain and in the pool of the fountain they looked upon the summer stars and round about them were cypresses and shadows and there was no wind in the hollow of the night nor any sound save a little silvery sound of the fountain and enya spoke softly to ewan in the dark and she said to him beloved tell me of many things for the night is still and secret and this fountain shall be your fountain of memory and he asked her for asking sake of which thing first shall i tell you and she answered of your life in palador and of those with whom you had your dealing whether in love or in hate for some of them i also have known and some never and they shall be to me like them which are in a tale of fairy or a picture woven upon the wall then ewan leaned over and looked into the pool of the fountain and he remembered the saying of the hermit how that in all still water there will be visions and true it was aforetime and true now and in this water ewan saw both palador and all that he had done therein and the faces of his friends he saw and of his enemies and he saw his own face and form among them and he perceived all their love and their evil malice and that which he saw he told it to enya as a tale out of live memory for it was there before his eyes in clear colours and he told her of those four which had been friends to him in palador and namely of morris which had a merry wit and of dennis whose sayings bit like salt also of bartholomew the religious and of hubert that first of all named alador to ewan by name and ewan made a more especial mention of hubert because that he was such an one as would give the world for a dream and ever as he rehearsed of hubert ewan saw his face more clear before him and when he had come to an end of his tale then he saw him yet more clear and ewan fell silent and bent him down above the water for he remembered the well of the hermit and he thought to see not only that which had befallen but also somewhat of that which should befall but enya knew his thought and said to him look no more for this is the fountain of memory 
and though the memory be not ours but greater yet in it are shown no deeds save those which are accomplished notwithstanding ywain continued looking and as he looked he cried out in anger for he saw in the vision sir reynold and how he came with certain of his and laid hold on hubert and they led hubert away by force and so passed as it were out of the pool into the dimness of the night then ywain started up and told enya of that which he had seen and she said you do well to cry out howbeit you cry too late for that which you saw is surely done already but ywain stood staring into the darkness for it seemed to him that he heard a going among the cypresses and as he stood there staring and enya with him there came one walking toward them in the thickest of the shadows and when he was come nearer he lift up his face and looked steadfastly at them and so passed by and was gone from them again and enya said to ywain tell me quickly whose face was that which i saw and ywain drew in his breath and answered her it was the face of hubert and though he spoke no word yet with his eyes he called me yea said enya and methought he called us both for he looked upon me also and in his look was strong sorrow and entreaty then pity and anger went over ywain like a river in flood and he said to his lady what must i do for i have need of your help and your enchantments then enya answered him not but she took him by the hand and brought him to the margent of the fountain and they held firmly each by other and so stepped together into the pool and ywain felt the water cold about his knees and he shivered and awoke as it were from a sleep and the fountain and the cypresses were vanished from him and he stood with enya upon a beach of the sea and before them was a high steep shining with grey and with green and above it was a grey and silver cloud and a crescent moon and the moon rose over palador chapter forty eight how ywain was awearied of palador and how he was mishandled by the great ones of the city then they climbed the steep together and entered into the city and ywain brought enya home to his own house and he made her a little supper scant enough and drew wine for her of the wine which the eagles had given him and sweet it was still but the spirit was gone out of it and when they had eaten and drunk then a great weariness came upon ywain and he spoke and uttered his complaint unto enya for he was a dread to hear ill tidings of hubert and in his heart he sighed after the peace of alador and his lady comforted him and said beloved think not to be alone in weariness for to me also the business of palador hath been as dust upon the tongue but this is the fortune of men to dwell in two realms until that our life is changed and it may be that the time is not long and what matter if by our own magic we may come and go and what grief if we may be together so ywain was comforted by means of those words for they were more than wine to him and the chime told midnight and they twain laid them to their sleep and in the morning before men were stirring ywain ran quickly to the house of hubert and knocked upon the door and there came to him morris and dennis and told him ill tidings of hubert how that he had been thrust forth out of the city never to return under pain of life and they told him further how that the eagles were sworn to bring him in again 
for he had done no wrong but only to speak against them of the tower and ewan had great indignation thereat and swore instantly to be of their fellowship but inwardly he groaned to be so bound again for he saw no end to strife and no day of returning notwithstanding he stooped him to his burden and shouldered it and he went here and there throughout the city and spoke among diverse sorts of men and in general he found them to be of three sorts and namely there were some of good will toward the eagles and some which held by the tower for favour's sake and yet more there were which were men of ease and loved nothing so much as to keep order and custom and to hear no questions and these said to ewan that they were neither of this side nor of that but would favour no man that should be a disturber of peace then came one to ewan and stayed him in the midst of the street and he was a summoner and by his office he summoned ewan to come before the archbishop so ewan went with him and as he went he marvelled within himself what manner of turn was this for he had had no dealings with clergy neither for them neither against and when he came to the palace then he was yet more astonished for the archbishop sat in no public place but in a little chamber set about with books and with him were three or four great ones of the company of the tower and they greeted ewan courteously and asked him to speak his mind unto them concerning hubert then ewan took the word and reasoned with them that it was no good cause to banish a man if he should have spoken against a company or against a custom and when he had said that he looked to be down cried and angrily used howbeit the game was otherwise played as at this time for none cried out nor used him angrily but they of the tower made a show to receive his saying courteously and to agree thereto then the archbishop spoke to ewan and his eyes glowed like coals and his voice was rich and sweet like strong wine softened with honey and he said these are my friends and yours and they would be friends to hubert also for there is no malice in them but good will and free forgiveness but hubert would not to my grief i say it for he was taken with an ill mind and brought disease upon many and his disease was this that he became a dreamer of dreams and would have others to be like himself and thereby they were in danger to have perished then said ewan my lord i pray you pardon me of what dreams do men perish and the archbishop answered him patiently and said surely of all such dreams as are not according to faith then said ewan i rejoice to hear my lord saying for hubert is of all men most full of faith as one that would give the world for a dream and even as he does so do i and mine for we long after our own land and go pilgrimage to find it and in that it is a land of dream it is a land of faith for by our dreams we make life new and ever during and what else do all the men of faith and when he said that the archbishop was some deal choked in his throat and the red blood came into his face about his eyes and he said to ewan what mean you sir for i fear lest i should understand your saying and ewan answered let me use plain words with reverence for we are both of us men and the sons of men and to each man his own magic and we all seek for the land of our desire 
and we build therein a city and a house for our abiding and you call your city paradise and ours we call alador for of our own dreams it is builded and upheld then the archbishop rose up upon his feet and he looked on ewan with a stern countenance and said it is enough and he went out in his wrath and the great ones followed after him end of part sixteen